I would say this. I think being a subscription business or having repeat customers is fundamental to growth because some people have a product and some people have a brand. Yeah. I will say this also. Ooh, I think on. it is. I want is... to plant a flag there. Okay. Yeah. Finish your okay. thought, but I didn't mean okay. to Okay. Okay. We'll come back to it. I'm going to make one yeah. statement. And I'm going to do a mic drop and then it's all you, Rob. Okay. Okay. When you make a sale that has nothing to do with actually acquiring a customer. And Athletic Greens has the acquisition of a customer down mm. versus most people try to make a sale. Ah, yeah, those ooh, are fundamentally Cody. different. That's the Cody. I talked about that. In the that's the Cody P. Yeah. I hear you. Um, okay. So say that a different way that a product, you either have a product or you have a brand. What do you mean by that? Or can you, because I, I have some thoughts there, but I want to make sure that I'm understanding the thesis before I dive in. Sure. So the idea is, a product is something that somebody can buy. And look, you can make a lot of money selling a product. Like the, you know, it, you might have- Fidget spinner. Uh, sure, fidget spinner. Yeah, somebody might buy it once. Or what is that like? The sponge that's the smiley face when it gets cold, it does one thing. When it's hot, it's something else. When it's wet, it's dry. Like there are these things that are, people will use it and they're mm -hmm. generally consumable or they're degradable. So they don't last for a long time. So you might need to get them a couple of times. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's a product. You can build, you can build a business around a product, but that's not necessarily a brand. No. For me, a brand allows three things to occur. Number one, emotional attachment on a journey. Yep, Number yep. two, multiple solutions to multiple problems so that you can be integrated into the lifestyle of your customer. Mm -hmm. And number three, institutional knowledge or an unfair advantage in the ecosystem. Most brands do one thing better than everybody else around them or the collection of how they solve problems does better. So Nike is a brand, but really it's Jordan's plus stuff, but that's fine, right? Like McDonald's is the Big Mac plus a whole bunch of stuff, but that's fine. We know that, but it's not just a single product, right? And I see so many people with Athletic Greens, for instance, they are a product and a brand, but I would say they're far more of a brand because they do have that emotional attachment. They do offer multiple solutions to, to increase the lifestyle thing. Mm -hmm. And they have an institutional unfair advantage in the marketplace because they're basically providing a solution that would not work economically in retail. So because they don't have to pay the markup to the retail, the retail outlet, athletic greens wouldn't work if they launched in GNC to bring the brand to market. But because it's a D2C brand, their unit economics work in a way where they can be a strong brand. If you don't have those three things, you're going to struggle. And every, like, I can't tell you how many brands I see. Every day I get questions from folks and they're usually missing one, if not two of them. Can you have, so I agree with everything there. So can you have a, uh, great product with or can you have a great brand without having a great product is there any examples of that hmm. um not 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 good long-term sustainable ones what, that, what I would, I would, that's super important so I, so I, what I, would I, be a brand that has shitty products so i don't want to say shitty but like not a unique competitive advantage compared to what you can get elsewhere in the market um to me, like an, what, what an offer is, and that's why I don't like saying brand or product. To me, an offer is kind of the culmination of all of those things. It's 
it's what are you selling? It's how you're selling it. And it's who is selling it. Like that's to me, like what an offer is. So you're not selling a product. You're, you're selling an offer, which is part of it. You're getting the physical problem it solves, but you're also getting the promise or the emotional problem it solves, which is the branding. So to me, it's both, but I would say Casper is one that I, that I think of that has, or ha- had, has incredible branding, right? They've got, you know, obviously red antler They're they're super well known. They've got great awareness, but you couldn't, I, you, I, you can't really tell me why a Casper is so much better than anything else out there. I've, I've never so, heard that. So let me ask you then, what do you think drives or um, if you think Casper has a good brand, what, brings you to those insights just because they have an expensive ad agency or like, no, no. So that, cause you said red antler, right? So it's like, what, sure, what sure, does, sure. what, what constitutes why you think that is a good brand? And I'll, I'll land the plane here. I'm just trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, gather yeah. all the, all the uh, perspectives. Cause I, I love it. Where you're they're, going with they're this. All no, it's definitely on. not cause they were, were red antler, but it's, they are, I don't want to say like well-known because to me, it's not just being well-known. You can be well-known I mean, and not Purple have a has brand. a much stronger brand than... Well, uh, Purple Casper product is also a lot better. And the woman running that's, Purple that's is a really, fucking that's, rock star. So that's She's my, a friend of mine. She's amazing. So that's kind of... I, what, so what's she the gave point? me, by the way, full disclosure, she did give me a free California King last time I was in Menlo oh, Park. Get so out of here then. You're gonna... biased as fuck. You're bought off. I'm what, calling what myself you're out shilling, for it. You're shilling mattresses out here. Uh, now, I, I want to hear your the, point, but, but let me let me okay. try to answer what I think. So yep. what, what makes a good brand then, right? Or why did you think Casper has a good... When I asked you what yeah, is yeah. a good brand with a bad product, do you agree that Casper has at best an average product, but yeah. yet you still said they had a good brand. And I think to me, that's um, with the way I construct my thoughts a bit uh, uh, counter to how I think of theses in terms of that were. So anyways, I'm rambling now, but so had, what is, they had a good brand. They don't anymore. But Their what, brand was ruined. Hold on. I got it. Okay. Their brand was ruined by having what a, what a brand is, is equity, Right. What it's I kind of talked about this in the newsletter. It's direct response is cash flow. Brand is equity. They had brand equity, right? People, especially if if they're in certain markets, would think of Casper. But what what happened? Because the reason why is I think they did a great job storytelling. I think they had a great mission. They wanted to revolutionize sleep. Like they, I think they did a very good job with their marketing and and their branding and their storytelling about what their mission is. I just don't think that their products lived up to the hype. So I think that same thing, like if you have a good product, but you terrible with your marketing, you're probably going to struggle acquiring customers. If you have an amazing message and you don't have a good product, you can't actually build a sustainable brand. So you need both. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately where I'm heading with it, where I think it's pretty much impossible to have a great brand without great products. Like I, I just yeah. don't, because the product, especially in the DTC realm. So Casper is weird because mattresses are kind of weird um but uh small digression have you guys ever heard the uh, conspiracy theory of the mattress store is just a money laundering thing yeah yeah you know, oh, it's yeah. so good anyways oh uh, yeah of course you guys are hip uh, anyways my too long didn't read is going back to kind of what charlie was talking about of this emotional connection of being part of this tribe of solving problems of like building it into your behavior loop with a DTC product, you don't have any advantages of like billboards or somebody coming into your store. Like the most prominent touch point in that brand journey is usually going to be your first purchase. And mm-hmm. if that first purchase sucks, dude, good luck. Like, 
it's yeah. just really challenging to if you have a really bad rub on the first purchase um, to really gain a really faithful to your point, Cody, not not or in Charlie too, not just a sale, but a customer that's really to, to invest and have it become part of their identity. And I just don't I totally agree with you of any brands yeah. that have shitty products. Like at the end of the day, the marketing runs out. Like people will stop lying or people will be like, dude, agree. this doesn't work. Yeah. Like this thing sucks or this thing sucks. And like at the I, end of I the day, say, I will say this, Rava, I, I think it is possible to do a cash grab to an exit on hype. That's, and, th- different. and that brand stuff. It's like getting harder. Instance. I guess I think it's getting harder to, with ad costs going Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Casper sold for less than their quarterly revenue. Bingo. So like a, a negative 0.25 multiple. Like hundred percent. Yeah. But to be fair, well, dude, everybody got paid. Like once you get out, you guys got to remember once you IPO, everybody that had equity got paid like that. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like Uber horrible business, but everybody got paid. Like we work, if it would have made it out, everybody would have got paid. And so, uh, cause Cody's point as well, like dollar shave club was literally Facebook arbitrage and a fucking viral video. And everybody there got paid dollar shave club, yeah. kind of same, same, but different. Um, MVMT, like if those businesses started now, they wouldn't be able to no. build and scale it the way they did because the arbitrage, like ads are either fairly priced now or overpriced where like yeah. paid media is expensive where before there was an arbitrage to be had where it was so underpriced where you could just be so bad at it. But there was so much margin there that somehow you just hit this machine and money would come out and now there isn't. Yeah. And so anyway, it's kind of the, to land the plane. I just, I have a thesis that I don't, I, I think brand stems from product or, or excuse me, brand stems from um, brand touch points and interactions. Right. So I but think those I, aren't the same weight. Those aren't the same. They have different weights. Like uh, email is going to be so much different. That's one of my other theses is like in the marketing ecosystem, the only place you can really make or break people is in customer service. You yeah. can, that's the only touch point. You can either make them into evangelists or they're going to hate you for the rest of your life. You can't do that yeah. with an email. You can't do that with paid media. You can't do that with direct um, mail. You can't do that with organic. The only touch point that you can truly make an evangelist or an enemy for life is at the customer service touch point. Yep. And look at Amazon. They won. Not only like- did that, so. I tried to return. I, I wanted a refund for something on Amazon. Just just quick story. Yesterday, I ordered something. The wife was like, "No." I thought I was doing something nice. I missed the boat. Whatever. I was watching Shark Tank. I thought it was cool. I bought the thing on Amazon. It comes. Changed our mind. I go to Amazon. Said return. They're like, "Great. We just gave you your money. Don't send it." Dude. It, so all right. Could I could I, I, can like, I bring like, this full circle? Please. I, I think, and I've thought about this, right? So I was at dinner and it was like a really like cozy Italian restaurant. And like, I was with my family and like, we're kind of raving over the restaurant. And what I realized were all their comments were about like the vibe and like the feel there more than the food. And so I had the thought like, cause I'm usually thinking, right? Is it, is it product that people love or is it brand? But I think brand, especially with a DTC company, and this is what I was saying, I don't think brand marketing will continue to exist that much longer DTC. I think you'll have like acquisition and then I think you'll have customer experience. Yeah. And I think those will just be the two. And let I think me, let me back that up too. But, yeah. Well, on, on that. So that also goes into what, what you're talking about, Charlie, with you're not just trying to get a sale. You're trying to acquire a customer for a brand who's buying into that mission, that unique moat. And what you're doing is, is once you acquire them, you obviously have to retain them. And that's with customer experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to that point, like we, we opened up, let me give an example of an extreme case of, and I'll start with this by saying, I think there's room for experts in multiple spots. There'll be some brands that are all experienced that are dog shit at acquisition sure, that sure. are really successful. And I think there are brands that are terrible at customer experience, but can just, they can do customer, like there, there's a room for a lot of people. So a brand that we've already talked about today, that as far as I know is awful, or maybe they might even not even do customer acquisition outside of like organic content, there's two of them. But one of them, the experience is so good that they're easily an eight figure brand. Is Who are we talking about? Oscar. So, and again, like, though, what is their media budget? A hundred bucks? Like, I have but, no idea. I've never seen anything from them other than their amazing photography and the journey. But can I push back? Sure. Because, so this is kind of, I guess, but building my thesis for me. So, for people that don't know, um, Last Crumb is these super, super fancy cookies. They're super exclusive. They run off the drop model. So, you can only get them. It's supreme for baked goods. That's a perfect example. Like, the price point's there. The everything is there. The whole experience is magnificent. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But, Charlie, if the cookie sucked, where would you have landed? Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. That's my point is like all that branding and stuff is fine, but you have to hit the product. If you hit the product. But it's not in a false dichotomy. It's not experience or product. Like the same way it's not like product or or, um, brand. It's it's not product or marketing. It's offer. It's the same thing. It's not product or or marketing. It's experience. And a product is a huge part of that experience. Yeah, you're not going to rebuy if you – you're not going to rebuy yep. if the product sucks, but you're also not going to rebuy if the the shipping takes four weeks. Like it's sure. all Maybe. the same. If the product's good enough, you will. That's the problem. That's what I'm trying to. So ultimately, too long didn't read. I think we're all three saying the same thing different ways. Is that's where I kind of got but heard about product and brand. Is that nomenclature bothers me because it is an experience that kind of it's this marketing ecosystem that goes into these things. And to Cody's point, there's different weights. Right, that different touch points have, but it's all this cohesive thing. And again, I think there's. Don't get me wrong; you can definitely have a, a cash grab branding play. Um, but ultimately, at the end well, of the day, look at sugar bear hair. That's all they did. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, there has to be some value generation within that value generation. You do need to link in some sort of either community or emotional connection or behavioral loop. If not, you're going to get like what the guys are talking about sales, not actually loyal customers that not only want to participate, but eventually want to evangelize your brand. And so I I think that's the ultimate end game. But that was the kind of this whole long digression, which is based on I hate the brand word where it's just this weird kind of i don't know catch all term but then when you don't want to add in the negative stuff you don't talk about that because that's not brand that's product or that's this and you're just like well i mean for fuck's sake like you're just basically cherry it's picking the most what you nebulous need. word like what brand yeah is, like, okay yeah or branding or logos yeah. so, so let's bring this back to, to 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 building to scale for one quick second and then we can move on i think what we've really touched on here is you can scale a brand in multiple ways you can scale your business Sorry, Rava. You can scale your business (laughs) in multiple ways. Your business might be built around a flagship offer, a flagship product, a single SKU, or a catalog. But what's most important here is leveraging what you can do best for your unfair advantage in that space. 
And I think the most important thing is you have to be able to differentiate in some fashion or have the resources to be the same, but just dominant. For instance, Tide is basically the same as Gain or anybody else, but Tide has a seven-figure daily allowable budget for search results mm-hmm. on Google for anything laundry-related. I know that because I brought Persil to market, and I literally couldn't buy anything without bidding 100 to $300 for laundry. Um, so I think with that in mind, what we could agree on here, and I'll use the unit economics of last come as an example, Customer acquisition cost plus COGS versus LTV. Now, I don't know if that's a thing in Triple Whale, but I got to get with you, Rob, offline. Also, I just went live on Shopify. Uh, I, with I a, got your affiliate uh, code, too. I'm an affiliate code, one of my clients, so I get, I get to double dip. Get but sauce, we're talking man. like 12 to 24 million a year in revenue. So I'm, Let's I'm go, excited. baby. Um, but that differentiation is vitally important. For instance, the... Cookie for last crumb might cost a dollar to make. They're charging a buck fifty for twelve. Now the likelihood is I probably won't buy a set. I probably won't buy a fourth time. I might get a second for like a gift. I might do Same. something crazy, but like their their LTV on me is baked in. Not and they only have one product, right. and there's no supply. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: if they were forty dollars. I might buy three, two or three times. Put on subscription. I would yeah, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. If I buy three times at $40, the differentiation between LTV, COGS, and CAT Shipping. Yeah. is worse. Also, so they made more period. money on me. Yeah, they made more money on me off that first purchase at a buck fifty, where I was fucking stoked and I've been preaching to people about it. So their unit economics works. Now, another brand that I brought from 8 million to 95 million in the health and nutrition space, we launched a $19 product that was worth about 250 and cost us $4 plus shipping, a $49 product. And it was basically, do you want to try the product? And if you do, you're probably in on a subscription. Do you know you like this thing, but you're going to try us out? Or do you know you like us and you just want a three-month supply? We basically give you those three options. Now there's a hundred SKUs in the brand, but when we made all paid acquisition down one of these three lanes, mm-hmm. it allowed us to customize the customer journey. The customer service is basically built around three different things. And because of that, we could easily scale any one of those levers that we wanted. And if you don't have that mathematics in line before you get going to scale, you're going to hit a platform, you're going to hit a ceiling and I see so many brands that are like, okay, that's a $3 million brand. You're never going to be 20 because you're not willing to embrace that, that margin unit economics as a core of your business. Because you're like, no, we do this thing. Wait, you can do that thing as a nice hobby, but you're never going to be a $50 million brand. Sorry, business. My, my apologies, Rob. Though I'm 100% on board with that. And I think a lot of things that we're kind of skimming over here too is – people don't realize the advantage of choosing the right business model. Like to your point, athletic greens can spend into the future because they know they have the data and they can see like, 
for people that don't know, so like LTV gets really sketchy with DTC customers because ultimately there's two types of transactions. There's contractual transactions and non-contractual transactions. Contractual transactions are like triple whale. You sign for a month or like Zapier. You sign for a month and then you pay your monthly contract fees, blah, blah, blah. It's really easy to understand what the churn is there. When somebody stops mm-hmm. paying us, that's a churn customer. How do you do it for Jones Road or how do you do it for Charlie's business? Like oh, a DTC Jones business- Road, they don't churn. That, that's my point is like it's <laughs> this guy this guy but you guys get what i'm saying it gets super fuzzy is it if they don't buy in three months if they don't buy in six months if they don't buy in a year you get this really it's hard to calculate the lifetime and so um ultimately when you have these business model decisions you can have these advantages like charlie said like that you can't like um, I, I literally can't compete because I'm structurally incapable. It's not that I don't want to play with you. It's just my business economics just won't net out if I play your game. And those are the best games to play are ones other people can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so circling back to this kind of this is the last point is why I think Last Crown was so brilliant. Who the fuck cares about $40 cookies? I don't. But you know what I do care about? It's really literally a crazy fucking experience. Expensive cookies. It's a. I don't know if you guys know what's. It's called. Can, a can I also good. say one other thing about Last Crumb? They have a VIP membership that's a thousand dollars a year. A thousand people are eligible. That's a million dollars to get pre-order on the hundred and fifty dollar cookies. Right. I mean, it just. Bro, 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 I guarantee you, they got at least a dozen people in there. Like. No, okay. I've heard. It, I've heard it's going well. I heard yeah. from from a source that is. Yeah. That I mean, it's just, that. and they, it's again, it's like a Chick Fil A strategy. They're not even open; they're open yeah, literally yeah. twice a week, and yet then you're just slinging cookies. But, anyways, that's that was just kind of my big rant. Is like I think people are realizing the power of the business model, where yeah. um, you can't beat economics unless you have VC money and you're trying for growth. Like at yeah. the end of the day, you're just always going to be constrained. Like your your economics are the gravity of your business. If you don't change that, you're always going to be stuck where you are. And I'll say this to, to kind of wrap it up and then we can go to something else to bring that point home too, uh, as another example in my life with uh, 310 Nutrition, okay? So I was the guy for, for, for a long time. When I started, they were, let's, get, let's just politely say five to 10K a day at roughly a two to a three X ROAS on, on a suite of products. I mapped out all of this data and we brought in a vice president from Guthrie Ranker and the CMO, uh, or, or, or a senior level from Textile. And we basically did the math. And instead of a two and a half X on day one, we pushed to a 0.8 on a $19 offer instead of a two and a half at a, a $40 offer. And the net impact was we went from 12 to a Deloitte $95, $95 million uh, uh, offer um, in 18 months because we built the scale on that. Now, ultimately what happened is we hit VC-backed competition from Huel and a bunch of other people and had too many SKUs, but that's a whole other thing and I learned a lot from that. But at the end of the day, the math that Rob is talking about is so tremendous. And if you understand that stuff, like that's how you build and, and that's how you ultimately understand what is my customer worth to me? Not how much is a sale worth, but what is my customer worth? And if I know my customer, let's use simple math, 20% of my customers stick around. 
rebuy. Those people that rebuy on average hit five, six orders. Cool. So my average customer is 200 or 120 baked in that whole thing. Well, now your CAC, if you can allow yourself a, a buck 10 and you have an unlimited acquisition budget, because you can just straight up go to the moon with something like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, just to bring it home on, on structure and in real world stuff. I mean, I've done that a few times and yeah, you need to know those things. And I feel like so many people miss it. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, at the end of the day, there's really awesome products that are terrible businesses. Just oh, is what it and is. And that kills me. And so it just oh, is what so it is. There's so many things I want, so it's like, right? There's supply side innovation or there's stuff where it's like, it costs you too much. And people won't pay you. They don't value it enough. Like it's just a bad business and there's no shame in that, but not knowing that or not understanding like, Hey, we need to change our business model to subscription only or something like mud water. Mud water is massive. Like what is it really doing? And it's literally killing it. And the only way you can buy it from them is subscribing. And so what they do is like they drip on you and they, they hit you up and they hit you up, but they won't take your money unless it's a subscription. Because they know mm. that, oh, this subscription is way stickier, but if I sold it to you in piecemeal, it would just not work out in our economics. And so I think it's just so important. And you're seeing that a lot more now because the cocaine and champagne days are over where people actually like nobody cares about profit when revenue is so high because there's just so much of it. <laughs> like it eventually trickles down. But when the revenue starts to drop and the top line starts to drop, like not as much trickles down to um, the net profit. And you realize, holy shit, what am I doing here? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the horse is dead. We Cody's beat it, Rob has beat it, I've beat it twice. I think I think we're good. We're good. We're like sixteen-year-olds with the with the, the Sports Illustrated. It's just, it's just beaten to beat the pieces. Uh, let's 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 pivot here for a second. Um, 